Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 199, the first show since the Big ISD conference. I had such a great time last week in New Orleans, or I should say two weeks ago in New Orleans. It was an amazing, amazing conference. Uh, 14,000 plus was the official tally. About 2,300 or so were watching virtual. I believe they said there was more than 300 coaching sessions proposed. And I counted about 60 or 70 or so that were officially accepted and listed. One thing is for sure, instructional coaching is alive and well. And it's happening all over the place. But what do you do if you're looking for more professional development? What do you do if you're if you're an instructional coach, whether for the first time or You've been doing it for 10 years and you're looking for that next step. You're looking for that next challenge. You're looking for that next level, maybe to keep your own chops up, maybe to certify yourself in your role, maybe to get ready for a promotion, maybe to get ready for a different district. All of those questions are being asked at the ISTE conference, because let's face it, if you're an instructional coach, you're probably Google level one certified. You're probably Google level two you're probably a trainer. You're probably even a Microsoft innovative educator and you've got your pioneer hat and your ambassador hat. We know the badges by heart. We know how to do that. But what if you wanted to take your coaching to that next level? Today on the show, we have two great guests to talk all about the Google Instructional Coaches Certificate and certification process and how you can be a Google Certified Coach this year. And we're going to walk you through the entire thing. And not only that, we're going to give you a special opportunity to join a cohort of teachers and coaches that are going to be coming together in the fall to work together to get their Google certified coach. So stick with us today for the full episode. We got a great interview. And at the end, we talk all about newsletters and websites and give you a little taste of some of the things that you should be thinking about as we get into August and start thinking about that new school year. Really, before we get into that, I want to say thank you. Next week, we're going to be doing something pretty amazing on the show. You see, there's two anniversaries coming up. We have our 200th episode and we're also going to be celebrating 11 years. That's right. 11 years ago, we, you know, woke up. And next thing I know, we have a teacher cast website going. So we're going to be talking all about that and why it is so wonderful that you are here. So wonderful that you are, are listening. And, and if you're here for the first time, welcome. It is great to hear you. It's great to have you here. And I hope you have a chance to make teacher cast 
a consistent home for your professional development. And speaking of which, we have a great professional development network. We're going to be doing some great things over the summertime as we head into August. Uh, if you head on over to our website, askthetechcoach.com, uh, we have a link. That link sends you to our membership site. It is a free membership, but it is a, a Facebook and a LinkedIn opportunity to interact and to join and really to get mentorship from coaches from around the world. We are almost at 700 instructional coaches in our Facebook group. That is growing strong. And we've got a couple hundred coaches in our LinkedIn group. And I would urge you guys to join both of those groups and to be a part of this. We're really having a good time over there. And what the plan is for our Facebook group moving forward is to turn it into more of a social, turn it more into online performances, uh, courses, if you will. And one of the things that we're trying to do is to take up this podcast and use it as the theme for conversations throughout the week. So if you're listening to this now, we're talking about Google certified coaches. Um, you might find a couple questions. You might find a couple polls. You might see some conversations flying. So that way, when you come to that group, um, whether it be now or a few weeks from now, you're going to be able to get a wealth of information all around a certain topic. So definitely check that out. There's no charge. It's completely free. It is our Instructional Coaches Network on Facebook. And you can find the link over at askthetechcoach.com. And I hope you guys have a chance to check that out. Thank you guys for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. My first guest today is a K-12 technology integration specialist. And she is here today to talk all about the Google Coaching Certificate Program and how you can be one this coming school year. I want to bring on my good friend, Miss Johanna Wilson. Johanna, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm doing great. I am so happy to have you on here. I'm looking forward to this conversation and talking all about Google Certified Coach. Uh, before we bring on our, our next guest, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you doing these days? I am the 6 to 12 Technology Integration Specialist in a small district north of Boston, Hamilton Wenham. Um, and I'm uh, passionate about uh, coaching, specifically with uh, technology, but I also... Um, really am interested in project-based learning. Um, and so this coaching program has actually helped me with that as well. Um, and, and you said six to 12, how many buildings do you have? How, like what's your program look like? Middle and a high school. I've got about between the two of them, about 800 students. Wow. And, and how long have you been in that position? I've been in this position for eight years. Uh, prior to that, I was in special education. Um, this is my, just finished my 25th year teaching. I love the fact that you've been doing this for a while because we've been talking about this on the program of, you know, what happens to a coach who's done it all, seen it all. What are some of the things that you're doing this summer, maybe the same as last year or different? Like, how are you preparing for this new school year? I'm actually really excited for next school year. I think last year we were all so tired and exhausted. I know we are this year as well, um, but I'm, reinvigorated for next year. Uh, I feel like this coaching program has been a big part of that. Um, it's given me some great ideas, things that I'm ready to try out for next year. So I'm actually spending this summer on top of having fun and spending time with my family and friends, um, getting ready for next year and getting organized. I'm so happy to have you here. You've also brought another instructional coach with you today. Uh, tell us a little bit about who else is here. Oh, we've got Sarah Boyle here. Um, she is on the board of ISTE. She uh, works in Milford Public Schools, and I will let her uh, tell you the rest. Sarah, welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? It is so great to have you here. Great. 
Um, so I'm a pre-K to 12 tech integration specialist with the Milford Public Schools in Massachusetts. Um, this is my ninth year with them. So I kind of um, spearheaded the role in Milford and it's grown since then. Um, and I really love what I do. I work closely with the teachers and I pop into classrooms and I model lessons. And it's really been a great shift from being a classroom teacher to doing this now. And we've had a lot of coaches on recently who have had many, many buildings. And you're the first one that's actually been doing pre-K. What's yes. it like? I, 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 I was, you know, we were talking earlier about the fact that the triplets are eight years old. What is yes. pre-K like? I miss those ages. Pre-K is a whole different ballgame. Um, the kids down there are so curious and so hands-on. Um, we are a Google district. We have Chromebooks in kindergarten through 12th grade. We have iPads um, in pre-K, obviously. Um, we're not one-to-one, -one, but we do have classroom-based devices. And the kids just love when new people come in and when everything's hands-on and you show them something new and they're super engaged and super excited. So it's definitely a mind shift when you go into a pre-K classroom after coming from the high school or the middle school. <laughs> You know, I miss those days. I, I was just thinking as you were saying that, like, what does a coaching cycle look like for a pre-K teacher? I, I, I miss those days with the kids. <laughs> um, so the cycle or the model is actually very similar. Um, you meet with the teacher. You talk about what they're looking to correct or improve or integrate into their classroom. Um, and then typically you go in and observe what's already happening and then you regroup and strategize, um, lay out a plan, come up with some tips or something that they're going to implement. They implement it and you reconvene again, you re-meet and you just kind of keep going through that, through those steps. And once they've met their goal that you set in the beginning, they pick a new goal and you kind of do it all over again. So recently, we had the amazing opportunity to get together, celebrate all things educational technology at the ISTE conference. 14,000 and change officially were on site. About 3,000 or so were watching virtually. I was so thrilled and stunned at how many instructional coaches were down there. I had a chance to check out many of the coaching sessions. I happened to hit the playground. There was there was a full ISTE playground, all of instructional coaching. And one of the things that the coaches were talking about was this concept of continual professional development, the growth mindset, the, okay, I know I'm a, a Google certified, Microsoft, whatever, but there's got to be something more out there. And I'm so glad that you guys are here today because today we're going to talk about something that is, is relatively new, um, but something I'm really interested in and something I'm interested in obtaining this year, one of, my, one of my goals this year, the Google Coaching Certificate. Talk to us a little bit about that, Johanna. What is a, a Google certified coach? A Google certified coach has gone through uh, the, the curriculum. It's a free curriculum that you can get online. At, um, they do all their courses through Skillshop. Um, so you can access the, uh, the curriculum there and you work through it. Uh, there's an assessment at the end. It takes about 20 hours, but it's it, the, the curriculum itself takes 20 hours, but you're going to be doing this throughout the school year. Um, because you'll learn something and then you're going to go and you're going to apply it and you're going to try it and you kind of have, um, little missions every month. Like this week, we're going to focus on making a connection with an administrator, you know, like there's different tasks along the way. So really it takes probably the whole year from start to finish. Um, and you take a test at the end of the curriculum and then 
Um, after that, you fill out an application and compile a portfolio and submit that to Google. It sounds so simple. Let's see if we can break this down a little <laughs> bit because I, I know for myself, and I've, I've, that was actually one of the questions that we had during ISTE is, you know, my position here in my district is I am a lead coach. I work with other coaches. I, I work in a building, but I work around 20 buildings, right? So I really don't have like a home base that I can do. And, and many other coaches are in the same boat. Even, you know, speaking with some coaches that have 20 buildings, 100 buildings, is this coaching program for everybody who actually should be thinking about becoming a Google certified coach? Go ahead, Sarah. Um, well, as a teacher, I'm not in a huge district. I don't work with 20 buildings, but we have about 4,000 students in Milford. And like I mentioned, I'm pre-K to 12, so I work with everybody. Um, I really feel that the Google certified program is for everyone. Um, it the information that they provide you with, the tasks that they kind of give you to work on, you can implement at any grade level. You can do it with multiple teachers or staff members that you're working with. Um, and the actual process and the compilation of the portfolio at the end, you can pick a handful of teachers. It doesn't have to be every teacher in your district. You're not going to coach every teacher in your district every year. So you can pick the ones that you're working with. You can focus on a particular building, but you can still do your other work that you do throughout the year at the same time. One of the things that scares me, and, and I've heard, again, a couple other coaches say this, is the concept of this is all around your work with teachers. Now, we talk a lot here about the fact that a coach's job is to build relationships. Do I need to start the year in September by walking into a, a classroom and saying, hi, Johanna, I'm your instructional coach. I want to be a, a, a Google certified coach. Can you do this with me? Or... Is this just something that as a coach I'm working on and the coach or you know the teacher happens to be along for the ride they don't need to know that I'm doing this or that their work is helping me in other ways I think you can approach that either way um, and in fact in my work this year I think there are instances where I did just that where I said hey does anyone want to work with me in a, on a, on a coaching cycle and um, and this is what it's going to entail. Um, and some I had two teachers that jumped on board and said, yeah, I'd really like to try this with you. And then there's so many other interactions that you have with teachers in your buildings that you can consider coaching because that is exactly what you're doing, but it may not have that official coaching cycle, you know, terminology attached to it. And I think that's one of the good things about the, the program um, is that you don't, it doesn't have, it's about building relationships. It really true. That's how I felt as I worked through it. It's really not so much about the technology and that's an important part of it, but it, it's really about how do we get teachers to want to engage with us in, in, in this way. Sarah, what's your experiences working with, uh, teachers and going through the process? Sure. Um, so I started, my role transitioned from, how do I use this and what do I do with it in my classroom over the past seven years or so about the year before COVID it transitioned into a coaching role, which was awesome. Um, and I really enjoyed coaching and like Johanna said, building those relationships and getting to know those teachers a little bit better. Um, and I found that kind of keeping it 
more informal, not necessarily, hey, you're going to do this cycle with me and we're going to work towards this certification or whatever, keeping it more informal and just kind of going at their pace. That was a lot more successful for me just with the teachers that I work with in the district that I'm in. Um, but like Johanna said, it could go both ways. Um, and I think that's up to the coach and the teachers individually. You know your districts, you know your teachers, you know what will work best with them. You might be in a coaching situation where you have many, many buildings, right? Um, even the, somebody who I was speaking to is going to be on an episode next week. They have 130 buildings. Is this a program for them? Because they're not necessarily doing a coaching cycle, but they're doing the best that they can to make sure that they're meeting the needs of 30 buildings, let's just say. I mean, how how can somebody go through this? I know that you had said that it takes about 20 hours to complete. I'm assuming that's optimal conditions. That's just the coursework itself, not mm -hmm. the in-school work. You know, that's just what Google estimates it'll take you to work through the curriculum, the actual stuff online. Um, so the stuff in school is, is probably more time consuming. Um, and as far as your other question about, I mean, it would be, I think a big component is the, you know, they, it's centered around this uh, five-step coaching model. It's a challenge-based model. So, you know, it would require you to meet with a teacher, try to find um, that problem that they're looking to solve, you know, investigate the challenge, find out the challenge, and then it ends with a reflection. So there, there does need to be some back and forth. I don't know, you know, if these teachers that have 130 districts, I can't even imagine, to be honest, um, that's so challenging. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be face to face, but it is their follow up in their work where they're reaching back out to teachers. Say, did that work? Or the teachers reaching back out to them to say, no, I need something different. You know, if that's the case, then this absolutely could work. One of the things that I'm excited about is for any coach that is interested in taking on this task, there is a program out there that is going to work with them side by side, hand in hand, provide great um, guidance and mentorship. Talk to us a little bit about something that's happening this year um, in relationship to the coaching program and your organization at MassQ. Sure. Um so we both are working with MassCU and we're um, have a cohort program put together that helps guide people through the process of completing the Google Certified Coach curriculum and then use those artifacts and those resources that you gained through the curriculum to follow through on your own through the application process. I actually completed the cohort program last year, but this is our second time running it. Um, and it was very useful and very helpful to kind of work together as a team with the other participants in the cohort to kind of bounce ideas off each other and work together. Um, I had attempted to do it on my own and I kind of struggled with time management and completing all of the tasks and joining the cohort with MassQ last year was really helpful to me. What's really great about it is we have weekly, um, sorry, monthly meetings, synchronous meetings. So we all meet together on Zoom, um, which is, it's part of the curriculum. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we would complete whatever Google wanted us to do with the curriculum, but it ended up just being like a think tank is the best way for me to explain it. Um, and we had teachers in the cohort from all levels, all different, you know, some, some were instructional coaches, some were math teachers. So, it, you know, it doesn't, 
necessarily you know, we we all there everyone brought something to the table um and we were able to help each other out through some like you know how how are you doing this and how are you getting a teacher to work with you and what are some of your strategies and resources so uh, the benefit of building that um you, i mean we really built our pln we have a, a group now that we reach out um find new opportunities to work together and it's, it was great we're going to make sure that all the links are available to you, but the website is massq.org, and you can find all the information over at Ask the Tech Coach. This is podcast again, number 199. And I got to say, I'm really excited to be a part of this. I'm excited to be a part of this program here because I did look into this last year and I did sign up to do this. And I, I started working through the modules and then life happened. But to have a cohort that you're going to do this with, to have a group of people who are going to help you keep you going and, and be that that guide on the side that's really important to make sure that you're doing your best work in your classrooms absolutely what does somebody need to do to sign up to be a part of this um so to be part of the mass q cohort you go to the mass q website m-a-s-s-c-u-e.org and from there you can sign up um, there is a registration fee of, um, Joanna, correct me, I think it's $235 for non-members of the MassQ organization. You do get a discount if you're a member, um, and that's $195. And then once you sign up, you're part of the group. We have a Google Classroom that we run where we host all of our Google Meets for our monthly meetups. All the assignments are posted, um, the tasks to be completed, the links to the curriculum, everything's posted through Google Classroom. So it's all one-stop shopping. So you get 24 PDPs. And then also, um, if you want, you can sign up for graduate credit. So it's kind of a bonus. <laughs> now, let's go through the requirements here, because I, I think this is important. In order to be a Google certified coach, you need to first have your level one and your level two. Am I correct in that? Correct. Now, is that something that somebody needs to do before they sign up or they just need to have that before the end of the course? They need to have that before they apply. So even if you work through the course and you just need to get those tests done before you submit your application, there's there's time there. And and, and for me, I mean, that's one of those things. I, I did my level one and level two years ago, and <laughs> I'm spending this summer resubmitting. I mean, I know the certification is only for three years. Uh, what level one test is like 10 bucks and the other level two is 15, 20 bucks. Or, yeah, something like that. I mean, they're, they're not that bad as far as putting them together. They're certainly easier. And the Google trainer exam is a lot easier than it was when I, I had, I, you know, I was back when it was five full blown tests and $75. It was ridiculous back then, but it is so easy right now to recertify. I highly recommend it. And again, all the links and stuff are going to be over at massq.org and all of, all of the information for this is going to be over on podcast 199. Let's look forward to everything here. You know, so many coaches are trying to figure out how to spend the last month of the summertime. And for so many, they're trying to have those conversations with their administrators, kind of get back in. Have you thought about some of the things you're going to be doing between now and September? Do you have the opportunity to talk to administrators or, you know, email teachers, or are you just enjoying your summers? <laughs> well, starting August 1st, Sarah and I are going to be facilitating this course. So we're going to have a jump start on the year. Um, but also I'm looking forward to, um, 
training some new teachers that are coming into the district. Um, and that's new for me. I haven't done that in the past. They asked me to come in. And I'm really excited about that. So I might be able to um, get some new teachers on board with some coaching um, right off the bat. And I'm hoping to offer some in-district um, professional development opportunities, both virtually and in person this year. Um, and then also having conversations with the administrators within my district. My role didn't include a lot of coaching this past year. Teachers were more concerned um, with building relationships with their students and kind of getting the kids back into the normal stream of school. Um, so I did a lot less coaching this year. So I want to have a little bit more coaching next year. So hopefully talking with the administrators, I tend to focus on what um, some of the school improvement goals are and some of the teacher smart goals, things like that, and help them with those and kind of build that into my coaching language that I use with the student, with the teachers. So those conversations need to happen. That's interesting that you mentioned things that way, because that was one of the big conversations that I got from quite a few coaches is, Last year, I really was that support system because mm -hmm. everything changed. We started the year in quarantine and we worked our way out and some back into quarantine. No matter how many years you've been coaching, no matter how many years you've been in the same building or in the same program, one of the key things to look out for is always that first day. How do you work with your building administrators to make sure that they're introducing you to the teachers. Not every teacher knows you yet. Not every teacher understands a coaching cycle. How do you set yourself up for a good year? You know what a coaching cycle is, but that teacher might not. They might not understand what you're all about or how to do it. What advice do you have for any coach out there that's going into this year saying, you know, last year I just got up and said, hi, I am. And it was really difficult after that because it wasn't set up right. I, Sarah, I see you're shaking your head here. I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, How, then, yeah. <laughs> it, it's the first, it literally is the first five seconds. Hi, I'm Jeff. I'm a tech coach. What does that mean, right? Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for that, that introduction? Um, so I've done it in front of the whole district before. We used to have district-wide first day meetings. I stood up in front of like, 500 teachers and introduce myself. It was very nerve wracking. Um, but usually what I do is I say, Hey, I'm Sarah Boyle. I'm the tech integration specialist. If you have any questions, reach out. I also send out weekly newsletters and be on the lookout for those. So I, I kind of blast those out to teacher emails. And within those communications, that's where I kind of introduce what a coach is, how that works, how to, you know, kind of approach that coaching model with me. Um, and then, because we have been doing smaller meetings, I do have the administrators tend to introduce me and they say, hey, Sarah, someone you can reach out to when you have a situation in your classroom or something that you want to improve with your own teaching. She's, you know, and we have those conversations about how, at least in our district, coaches are not part of the administrative team. They're not there for evaluative purposes. They're simply there to help you in your practice. And we don't report back to the administrators. So that's a key um, piece that our administrators like to hit home with our teachers is that we don't report back to the administrators on the things that we discuss with our teachers. And that's such key, right? Because the first thing that they think is that you're a spy. Yes. <laughs> right. Especially because, uh, especially because a big part of the coaching model is the going in and observing and coming back and, you know, they pick apart their own teaching, but we kind of have a piece of that too. So we don't want them to feel 
like we're looking for the bad because we're not we're mm. trying to help them and they're coming to us on their own we're not our administrators don't refer them they don't say hey why don't you go work mm. with sarah on this or you know whatever it may be that's not how this should work it needs to be organic and homegrown from the teachers themselves one of the other questions that was running around ISTE was the traditional, how does the job work? So I want to take a few minutes here before we wrap up and just, I'm going to do some rapid fire stuff. Please just feel free to jump in anybody here and ask the questions. Um, your newsletter, give me, give me the, give me the 30 second. This is my newsletter philosophy. Here's how many times I do it. This is the application. Here's what's on it. Um, give us the 30 second picture of your newsletter, Johanna. My newsletter is quarterly. Um, it's about three pages long. It has all Google, like anything new with Google I put on there. I try to spotlight a teacher that's using technology really well. I also try to spotlight some interesting things that are happening in the collaboratory, our makerspace. Um, so teachers are inclined to maybe check out some project-based learning. Um, and also I have a student help desk. So students write some articles in my newsletter as well. Um, they may pick... Um, you know, like a Chrome extension and say, oh, remote, I want to, you know, this, this has been really helpful for me. And so they write up the article. So I have, that's my newsletter. <laughs> and say, so, I, I don't know if I missed or not. What platform do you use for your newsletter? I make it out of Canva. Wonderful. So you, you send them a, a you, you send them a, okay. So that's, a, that was another big thing. Do you send them a link to your Canva or do you Canva to a PDF or what does that? Well, I do both digital. I have a digital version. I say, if you'd like the digital version, click here. Um, and then I also attach a PDF to the email. Do you have any way to, to track um, users, click-throughs, anything like that? No, I do not. Do you have any way – you're next, Sarah. Hold on. Do you have any <laughs> – no, let's do it this way because my mind's going crazy here. So let's just stick with newsletters. Sarah, your newsletter, philosophy, apps, and stuff like that. So I have two. The first one I do just technology-based, and I do that one in Google Slides. I do it weekly. Um, and I do real quick, like, Chromebook tips, keyboard shortcuts. Um, I spotlight a teacher who's doing something great, a student project or a project idea. Um, we do Google Classroom and Seesaw, so I spotlight some of the things that teachers could be doing with that. Um, and, again, that one's weekly. And then the other one I do, I collaborate with our, we have instructional coaches in our buildings as well. So I collaborate with one building in particular with the instructional coach, as well as the English language learners coordinator. Um, and they each pick out a strategy that kind of ties together. And then I pick out a technology tool that supports those strategies that they have pulled. And we do that one in Canva and we print it out and it's a potty PD. So it's posted monthly in the staff restrooms and it has QR codes for teachers to scan and stuff. And before we move on about how long or how many hours or what's the time per week that you spend curating, building, launching, like what's your newsletter budget time-wise? I do mine quarterly. So it's a little bit different. So it takes me probably like at the end of the day, 10 hours to pull it all together. Okay. Um, data tracking. That was another big thing. Some people use calendars. I pretend, I, I personally like um, building a Google form, data dashboards. How do you keep track of your time? How do you share with your administrator what you're doing, where you're doing, when you're doing? Uh, Sarah, what's your data collection method? So I don't really have to keep track of my time and what I'm doing and who's going where and which building I'm in. I haven't had to do that. Um, 
but I report directly to the director of grants, technology and media in our district. Um, she's my direct boss. So she's pretty keyed in with what I'm doing on a daily basis based off of our help desk ticket system. If I have any tickets through there, um, if there's any big projects going on within the district, um, I do use the website. You can book me for my appointments when teachers sign up for different things. Um, I am planning to switch to the new Google calendar um, time slots. I forget what it's called. The appointment slots. I'm planning to switch to that new platform in the fall. Um, I really like the new interface they have. So, And so just for those playing the home game, Sarah, you are a district employee working in a building. Correct. Excellent. Uh, Johanna, how are you set up and what's your, do you have a data collection system? I do. Like Sarah, I don't have anyone that's keeping tabs on me and what I'm doing exactly. But for my own purposes, I've been using connect hub IO this year, mm. um, to, and it's been awesome. Um, I, the problem is, is going back. I would highly recommend if anyone uses that platform when they're meeting with teachers or when they're booking appointments, like have that platform open at all times and use it like, as opposed to like going back and having to enter things that you've done with teachers. Cause that gets a little cumbersome, but, um, if you use Connect Hub in a really efficient way, it tracks all the interactions that you have with teachers. You can tag all of the interactions so you know how much time you're spending, whether it be coaching or like on fixing printers in the building, which sometimes we all get stuck doing. Um, you know, any of those little things that you do, you can have meetings, times that you spent in meetings. So uh, it's been really interesting to analyze that data at the end of this year to see you know how many teachers I've interacted with, from what departments they're in. Um, especially with the coaching. That's been a really interesting. I'm looking forward to uh, continuing with that next year. It's interesting that you say that because one of the, the other questions I was going to ask is do how much of your coaching work do you share with your teachers? Like for, for instance, um, I wouldn't tell my teachers that I'm keeping track of how many interactions I have. Do you share any of that kind of information with your teachers? Like, do they know that you're a data collector on conversations and stuff like that? The teachers that were actually going through coaching cycles with me definitely knew because part of connect hub is I would put our notes in and what we did. And then one of the options is to email the teachers summaries of what you're doing. So they had evidence that they worked with me, which was great for um, evaluation. Um, and then I would do it with other teachers too, just, you know, even if it was just kind of like a one-off, I'm going to help you with this. And this is what we did. I think teachers really appreciate having that, um, evidence to, to support their evaluation goals. Sarah, how do you keep records of things? Are you a, a OneNote? Are you a Google doc? How, how do you, wh what's your organizational strategy? Um, so whenever I do a meeting with a teacher, whether it's like Johanna said, a one-off or if it's going through the coaching model, whichever way it may be, I tend to do a follow-up email directly to them within the same day or the next morning if it's end of day. Um, and if it's a one-off, it tends to be just the body of the email. And then if it's something that's more extensive and requires revisiting and regrouping, um, we tend to keep a running Google Doc. And I find we are a Google district, so that's the one we use. Um, teachers are super familiar with it now that we've had it for several years. Um, and that way it's not throwing them into something new. It's something familiar. And then we can just kind of keep rocking those conversations. Website platform. Um, I'm a big advocate of creating a website for yourself. So that way you have, I, I, I use the word dashboard a lot. Like my, my coaching website is really designed for me 
because my philosophy is no third grade teachers looking at the tech coach website going, yay. Other people make really nice websites that they're hoping that their teachers go and learn how to make a Google doc off of. What's your philosophy? What's your platform? Um, tell us a little bit about your coaching website. We'll start with Sarah. So I have both. <laughs> um, during Great. COVID, yeah, during COVID, we set up a, we call it an ed tech website, and it had resources for families. It had resources for students, particularly the older students who were able to problem solve on their own at home. And then it had resources for the various platforms and websites and things that we subscribe to for teachers, how to get started with it, how to use it. If we offered any um, in-house trainings, I recorded those and posted those on those subpages. Then I have my own website that I kind of keep for myself and I keep track of. Um, it's more just kind of a, a dump of you know, documents and data and things that I've used throughout coaching. And that way, if I remember, oh, I have this really great, you know, student tracker that we came up with and I used it with this teacher, where is it? I don't have to dive back into my Google Drive. It's right there on the website that I have for myself. It's private just to me, um, but I can pull it out and send it forward to the teacher. And both of those I created on Google Sites. I adore that idea. And and that's my philosophy too. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time doing a Google Drive search. If I know where it is, I stick it on my website. It's only there for me. Boom. Johanna, what's your website philosophy? Um, that is my goal next year is to set up a website for coaching. I have a help desk website with my students that we use. And I also have a collaboratory website, the Makerspace. Um, and really, I think I don't, I, I'd be happy to share all of that with teachers too. I don't even think it needs to be private for me, my coaching website, but that's an interesting thought. Um, but my websites right now are actually designed to be resources for teachers, you know, like go and find, um, oh, I'm, I'm thinking about using the collaboratory space with Johanna, you know, let, let's look and see what some of the things are that she's done hmm. um, and other teachers have done. So it's, um, I've got images and documents and all sorts of things, you know, about project-based learning on that website. And I've used Google sites. Last question on this round, favorite ed tech tool, not Google, not Microsoft. Um, for me, I love we video. I love doing some audio and video podcasting and stuff like that. Like somebody comes to you and says, here's my chapter three assignment, science, whatever it is. What's your go-to app? Google keep. Why? <laughs> Oh, I just, I like the organization of it. I like that you can add audio, video, images. Um, I love the OCR technology that's also there for students um, that can utilize that. I, I just, I don't know. I think it's a simple and easy platform to help keep me organized. Sarah, what's yours? What's your, what's your go-to teacher comes to you and says, you got a project up your sleeve. You're going to say, hey, how about this tool? I am in love with Pear Deck. Um, really? Yeah. And all my teachers seem to love it. I have first grade teachers who use it. I have 12th grade teachers who use it. Um, it's multidisciplinary. They can use it for any content area. And they really like that they can create their content in slides first and then apply the Pear Deck, Pear Deck tools on top of it. They don't have to create it. They can create it directly in Pear Deck, but they um, can take stuff that they already have and just kind of add those questions and responses on top of it and get real-time feedback and back and forth with their students through the dashboard. 
Talking today to Sarah Boyle and Johanna Wilson all about the Google Certified Coaching Program. Ladies, thank you so much for being on today. Before I let you go, one more time, where can they learn more about the Google Certified Coaching cohort that you're running this year? Head over to uh, massq.org and look for the Google Certified Coaching cohort, um, and you can register on our website. And Sarah, where can somebody go to, to learn more about the great things that you're doing this year? Um, so we have uh, several different websites. The one that can be found the easiest is on the Milford public schools website. Um, and there's a technology department link there and you can follow that to see all the things that are happening. Nice. And do you have a Twitter account that you want anybody to follow? Sure. At um, Jay Wilson underscore HW. <laughs> nice. We are going to have. Nope. Go, go ahead. ahead uh, mine's Boyle underscore tech. We're going to have all of the links over in our show notes. Make sure that you check everything out. I highly recommend if you're an instructional coach looking into these great programs. There's, of course, ISTE certification, Google certified coach, Apple learning coach, Microsoft innovative educator. Uh, Jim Knight's got a great uh, institution. There are so many great ways to keep your professional development this year, especially as a coach. And I find the best way is just to reach out and to work with other coaches. And that's what we're here for. That's what we strive for each and every week. It is episode 199 of Ask the Tech Coach. Next week, we're going to be putting out our very special uh, two-part episode. Part number one is going to be, oh my goodness, we just hit episode 200. And the second is going to be, oh my goodness, TeacherCast just turned 11 years old. So I've got a really special episode planned for that. And I want to say before we get there, Thank you out there for the last 11 years of helping me do this. Uh, Like I said, we're going to do a nice big episode celebrating both 11 and 200 next time. Before we get through there, Johanna, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for coming on this show today. I highly recommend you guys check out the cohort that they're running for MassQ. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you like this, please don't forget to like and subscribe. We also have a fantastic social media network. You can find us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. And if you're looking for some great professional development, you can head on over to AskTheTechCoach.com and join our free Facebook group. We've got almost 700 instructional coaches on that, all eager to work together, help out. We're going to continue doing our live shows over the summertime and into the school year. We've got some great things going on. So don't forget to head on over to Ask the Tech Coach. And that wraps up episode number 199 on behalf of Sarah, Johanna, and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.